Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Small Town Podcast. I am here today joined by our Greenlee County Sheriff, Sheriff Tim. Say hi, Sheriff. Hello, Jared. Thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me be here today for a podcast. So today I'm going to be asking some questions to the Sheriff, um, specifically about some big topics here in Greenlee County. Um, as you all know, the election's coming up shortly, and I think people want to know um, what's going on and, and what your plans are for this next term and, and how you feel and where you lean and, and stand on certain issues. Okay. Um, so my first question to you, Sheriff, is <clears throat> what's your what's your stance on the mask mandate? <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> my stance on the mask mandate, I think everybody knows by now, I've made it pretty clear uh, that I believe in people's rights and in people's choice. Um, I believe that with uh, businesses reopening, I believe that with the masks is that it should be about a choice. Um, I'm not opposed to masks. I believe that masks um, uh, should be worn if that's what people want to do. And if they don't want to do that, I don't think that they should be forced to do so. Uh, I, I am for public health and safety. I want people to be safe. Yes, I, I know this coronavirus is serious. It's, it's caused deaths, but I just want to make sure that we uh, don't look in the name of public health, that we start trumping and, and, and stepping on our constitutional freedoms and our rights and our choices that American citizens have. Um, my next question has to do with uh, additional investigators. So uh, do you think that we need additional investigators for GCSO? <clears throat> um, for the GCSO? Absolutely. I believe that we've needed uh, at least one additional investigator. I've, I've believed that for some time. As the sheriff, <clears throat> I've actually uh, presented and conducted uh, my own budget and my own budget presentations to the Board of Supervisors. In the past, that was uh, that was not done. The county administrator would always handle that. Um, from the inception of me being the sheriff in my first budget uh, session in 2017, starting off in April to start working on that, uh, I immediately, and there's documentation to show this, uh, anybody can go back at public record and see that, that I actually had the need for an investigator on there. So I believe any of the other three uh, sheriff candidates that are running against me would say the same thing. I mean, I don't know fully all their stance, but I, I believe that they would. Um, but the problem is, is that it is not in the control of the sheriff to hire another investigator. The Board of Supervisors is the one that controls the budget. Um, I know there's been some ideology and some talk out there about moving certain positions. Uh, just the other night at a uh, forum, a meet and greet in Duncan, uh, another candidate, uh, Eric Ellison, had mentioned that there was 15 uh, deputies and that he would remove two of those positions to make them the investigators. So you're not encumbering more expense to the county. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that was not accurate. There's only 12 uh, deputies. There are not 15. Um, we have 12 deputies, two sergeants, and one investigator. That's a total of 15 people. And um, I'm not sure where he's getting those numbers from. But uh, there is a flow chart. We have a, a very clear um, flow chart, an organizational structure chart that's available. Anyone can see that. Uh, it's available for the public. And you can see for yourself, there are only 12 deputies. That's the minimum staffing level that we need just for patrol operations alone. Right. And so we don't have the ability to sh make shifts and move around to create another investigator. Uh, it really needs to be coming from the Board of Supervisors to be able to approve that budgetary item. So um, the bottom Line answer is yes. I believe that we do need another investigator to be funded. Excellent. Um, 
so we're going to shift gears over here to water rights. Water rights are a huge deal in Arizona right now, especially with the uh, farmers and the ranchers in our area. Um, what What's your stance on protecting citizens' water rights if the federal government wants to come in and shut off somebody's well? What are you going to do about it? Absolutely. That's a great question. And uh, it's a huge, like you said, it's a huge issue. And, and honestly, I just want to say one quick thing. Um, I want to use a phrase about a uh, dog in the fight. For numerous people say they don't have a dog in the fight. And I just want to make sure right now that people in this county do understand and in Graham County and others around that you do have a dog in the fight. Because as of right now, there's 145 ranchers or farmers in the uh, Greenlee County area that are being sued on this litigation. But it, they're already attacking others. They're going to be going after your domestic wells. They're going after the town wells, after the school uh, school districts and their wells, um, wanting to make sure they have control of all those and have control of that water and be able to regulate and, and charge for that water. So they're going to charge so, us for our own water? Yes, mm. and it's coming. And so it's just, it's been a progression. It's been going on for a long time. This isn't new. It didn't start yesterday. This mm -hmm. has been going on for, for a long time, for generations already. And uh, – there are several sheriffs that have had to deal with this or haven't dealt with it. But um, as far as me and for my stance, I've made it clear. I've pretty much been to almost every single one of the water uh, meetings, water rights meetings in the county. Um, those are pretty much the most highly attended meetings that I've been to anywhere in Greenlee County. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there's a lot of volatility in that. There are a lot of people that are upset about how they're being treated and how their land's being taken. They bought land knowing they had water rights mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. they're being told they don't or they're losing it it's becoming what's called hot ground mm -hmm. things like that there was one particular big farm in the york area um, that they tried and they you know wanted to make an example of and that was one that i was very clear and made it very clear to everyone and i've actually stood up in the middle of a meeting and told them my stance on this that i will stand on that property and protect their water and protect their rights mm -hmm. uh, i would not allow someone to come in and and uh, seal off their wells with concrete. And this mm -hmm. is what they're going to do. Pour concrete into wells <clears throat> that are established that have been issued by the state of Arizona. Right. And yet now they're being told they cannot do this. And they're being sued in the courts or ruling. Um, you know, there's, and I'm not wanting to chase the rabbit hole real quick, but, um, you know, there's been some things that have happened around the country where there's been bad police officers that have made a bad name for police. Mm -hmm. um, there's also bad attorneys. Mm -hmm. There's bad judges that mm -hmm. make bad rulings. Mm -hmm. And so... I just want to say that just because that rulings, those rulings have come out and those things keep going, there's a lot of money behind the scenes on all this stuff. Right. And you're talking about um, they're going after a sovereign nation and the sovereign nation who really has unlimited money supply, picking on, you know, going after farmers mm -hmm. that don't have an unlimited money supply. That's so true. it's really not a, a fair uh, right. fight. It's not a fair playing field. So I'm willing to take that stand. I've made it clear that I, know I would not only take the stand. I don't advocate, and I'm, please don't get me wrong, Jared, or anyone else listening. I'm not advocating going out and fighting the federal government or raising up arms and getting into a, a war. Um, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying I'm willing to take that stand, and I made it clear to those farmers um, in fights. I'm advocating standing up for the rights that we have, and that is the role of the sheriff to do, is to stand up for the people's rights. And Absolutely. I will do that. Yeah, we got to protect our families and our livelihood. Absolutely. Have You're to. right. So um, my next question um, would you have allowed the Martinez Ranch cattle to have been seized by the USFS, United States um, Forest Service? Yeah, I, no, absolutely not. I would not have allowed that. Uh, that was obviously not during my time as a sheriff, but um, I, I don't know of, I can't answer for how other sheriff candidates or other sheriffs may handle that. I can only answer for the sheriff at the time that did handle it because he was in office and did not do anything. I know the livestock inspector actually 
um, had approached the sheriff uh, and let him know that that was illegal. Um, the livestock inspector at the time really couldn't do anything on it. And it, it was the role of the sheriff. That is the role of the sheriff. People don't understand. And, and this isn't about a power trip, but um, people don't understand, Jerry, the role of the sheriff and how important that role is in the local county that that sheriff is elected in because they do have more authority than the federal government. I can't go to Washington, D.C. and try to tell them how to run everything and what to do and what not to do. Right. But here in Greenlee County, as a sheriff of Greenlee County, um, whether it be a, a federal agency, the USFS, Forest Service, or whomever trying to come in and do something, yes, I do have that authority to step in. Mm -hmm. And this was, yeah, I'll say right now, it was a flat out 100%. It was an illegal seizure. Mm -hmm. They went in and based on some some uh, <clears throat> rules within their, their system, uh, they went ahead and seized cattle. You can't seize people's property right over that right it's constitutional there was it's very constitutional you you it's very clear you have to have search warrants there was not a search warrant issued um to seize property and that's what you have to have in this country it's a fourth amendment violation right. fourth amendment is very clear on search and seizure and that was a seizure it was an illegal seizure and it should have been stopped by the sheriff and yes i absolutely would have um it, it seems like a lot of our questions are themed around uh, local versus federal control and that's a really i feel like that's a really big um, it's a really big issue for a lot of folks, especially in the rural community like ours, especially in Greenland County. Um, we we yes. we vote and we put um, our elections and, and we put people, we give that authority to people who hold these positions specifically because we want less federal control, more local yes. control. And we have to trust that the people who are who are in local control, who have that authority, who have been given that authority by the voters will stand for our best interest. Absolutely. So, that's what I would hope for as a voter. I was, I've been a voter myself for many years, and that's what I've always voted and trusted that the people I put in office are going to do their job for my best interest and others' best interest. Excellent. Can you explain to me um, red flag laws, and do you agree with them? Um, quick answer on that. No, I do not agree with them, and I've made a, a pretty clear stance on that. Myself and other sheriffs actually around the state have made a clear stance on the red flag laws that are being brought up. And, and what, in essence, what this is, it's, it comes back down to the issue of um, seizures again. And to me, illegal seizures, because you're taking um, people's firearms without any due process. The red flag laws, basically what it's geared towards is being able to quickly remove firearms from people, seizing their firearms mm -hmm. before they've had any due process. And, and without that, if you just went around the red flag laws is what the question was about, and uh, just started saying, you know what, I think I think Jared, he's a little bit unstable. He made a comment the other day, and all of a sudden we just jump on that and run over there into your house and start seizing all your firearms because somebody could easily – There's people make false allegations right, all the time. Right, a vindictive ex-girlfriend <laughs> calls <laughs> on exactly. you, and, and all of a sudden you're had, on the terrorist watch list. I've had false allegations against, against me. It, it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens – if all of a sudden law enforcement was able to act based on red flag laws, just go and start seizing your property without any kind of due process. And then the due process does come later on with the red flag laws, right. but it's pretty. But by then you're fighting to get your guns back as opposed to being able to defend yourself exactly. and your constitutional. Right. Absolutely. So, yes, sir. So um, follow up question to that then. Um, if there were orders from the federal government or, or even the state government to come down and seize a citizen's firearms and say like, red flag there was no there was no due process there was no you know uh, court order because he was not a, you know not a criminal just mm -hmm. a, a mandate from the federal government to come down and seize this citizens firearms and they call you to go enforce that what's going to happen 
<clears throat> yeah, so uh, absolutely, I would not enforce that. I would not seize anyone's firearms. I've made that very clear to citizens I've spoke with in this county that that would never happen in Greenlee County. Again, I can't I can't enforce that outside of Greenlee County. Um, I can't speak on behalf of other sheriffs in the state or the nation if there was some sort of a who knows uh, presidential wise of um, a certain president were to try to make, like you said, a presidential executive order or mm -hmm. change the the laws or change our United States constitution for the second amendment, yep. then uh, I would absolutely 100% oppose that. And I would 100% not enforce that whatsoever. We would not have one deputy or myself going around to any law abiding citizens in this uh, county and start seizing firearms. And then of course the issue gets brought up. I just mentioned something right there, law abiding, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So then they say, well, what if this was an executive order of law? Now, again, now are they law abiding because they're breaking the law That's by true. possessing a firearm and they're not allowed to because now the government has changed the rules. Um, at that point, I still say no, that, that I still consider them to be law abiding citizens. Right. That's what our country was um, founded on. Jared, I think the Second Amendment and I've said this many times, I think the Second Amendment is our most important right. Mm -hmm. I really do, because without the Second Amendment, All without the rest your right to defend yourself, like you just said right there. And um all the rest fall. Yep. Um, you you have no way in the the general um, our, our citizenry across this great country does not have any way to defend themselves. I'm going to go back to the mask topic here. Um, recently, we had an an event that was going on, and um, Greenland County had some limitations on oh, who yes. could meet and the number of people they could meet, and um, some county officials came down and basically shut down a softball event. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yes, I am. Very so, so would you have allowed the girls in that case to continue their softball game or would you have shut it down and, and enforced? That? I would have, I would have absolutely allowed them. And matter of fact, I, that's immediately my very first words out of my mouth when I got phone calls, what happened at that event? I, I know you said county officials and, and I know that we're, I believe that you're trying to not, name anyone. And I agree with that. I'm not going to as well. I just want to make sure that for the record, as we're speaking right now, that that has nothing to do with the sheriff's office as mm -hmm. far as any kind of officials. Mm -hmm. I was not there that day. I was over in Graham County. I was enjoying a, a rodeo that was going on in Graham County that my daughter was at. I'd actually just gone to the um, gun show in Graham County. You know, to me, I'm, I'm proud that Graham County is actually doing things over there and uh, they're allowing their facilities to be used. They have softball games going on, rodeos, like I said, the gun show. Um, you know, I think that our county should be doing the same, uh, that we should be allowing facilities and county facilities to be used by the citizens um, right now, especially when you look at the numbers. And that's what a lot of this stuff's based on. Going back to the question at hand and that incident that happened, you know, I don't want to <clears throat> go back and I'm not ridiculing the person that was uh, that made the decision and things. But I have on public record on the Board of Supervisors meeting uh, did request that in the future, looking at moving forward in the future, that they would um, ask the sheriff's office to go to those types of situations to handle that because that's our job. Right. Um, it wasn't the job of that particular, uh, those county officials, as you said, to be doing that that day. Uh, I think if the sheriff's office would have been there or if I would have had a call up front, which I should have had a call up front as the sheriff about this particular um, issue, especially with all the volatility going on around it. And there's, you know, it's just, there's no reason to be going out and starting these kind of fights and, and shutting these types of things down. I mean, these were, these were young girls that were out there, playing softball. Um, we had two teams from out of town mm -hmm. that were there playing. I mean, it was a great event. People were spread out. They were doing everything they needed to. 
um, they went above and beyond uh, trying to make sure that they had everything that they needed right. to do this safely and there wouldn't be any kind of issues. They actually orchestrated with Burke Sanitation to bring down porta potties and hand sanitizer stations, things like that. And and uh, anyways, they, they did a phenomenal job. And um, it was an unfortunate event that should not have happened as far as the county officials shutting them down. I got calls on that uh, immediately from parents and coach. Uh, and as the very first call that I had, and I started getting numerous phone calls, but at the very first call that I had, I told them immediately, my words were, you guys just keep on playing. Don't worry about it. Keep playing, have fun. I'll have somebody get over there. We'll talk to those county officials and see what's going on. And this is something we can deal with later. But right now, don't worry about it. Enjoy your event. Mm-hmm. Have fun playing softball. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they already were packing up and, and Thatcher opened up their arms to them and said, yeah, you guys can come over here and finish your games and have a great time. And spend and your money over here. And spend their money over there. Mm-hmm. And they did, you know, and that, that, that was a big fiscal impact. And I, I believe the coach from Globe made that very clear to those county officials is that they were going to, uh, come into town and here in Duncan and go to the restaurants and eat eat dinner and things like that and gas up and all that. But at this point, they were going to go straight to Graham County and that's right. where they were going to gas up and go to restaurants and spend their money at. So it was unfortunate. Um, it should never have happened. And I, I really wish I would have been there that day. I'm usually at a lot of these events. And if I would have been there, it wouldn't have happened because uh, I would have allowed them to continue on with their game. And I would have talked to the county officials off to the side. We, we need to allow our kids to be kids. You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad kids are back in school. I'm glad that they're allowed to get back. They really needed to. Yes. Um, I'm glad sports finally, AIA finally opened up to allow kids to do that. And um, I think that's important for our students to do. There's also a lot of you know, depression type issues going on. Mm-hmm. So many people being isolated and kids being isolated. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think these events when they happen and, and especially when it's for the kids, you know, we, we need to be trying to do what we can to support that and not be trying to uh, shut it down right. and, 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 you know, um, suppress them. So. Speaking of events, this is my last COVID related question. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, so let's rewind back to July when this, you know, all kicked off. We had our first wave and then things started loosening up a bit. Fourth um, of July. Okay. My wife, um, who's a wonderful person. She I is a wonderful so person. Much. Yes. Uh, she, she was, she was working with a few other people in the County to try and get something going for the fourth of July because uh, prior to that point, everything had been shut down. There was nothing allowed to happen. And then they started opening things back up and nobody had planned anything for the 4th of July, our independence celebration, the thing that we cherish the most in this country. Absolutely. And so she was trying to get that set up and she had a lot of pushback. That's neither here nor there. But you there was a, there was a there was a threat, basically, that if we put this event on and there was an outbreak immediately following that event where, you know, people gather and, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a, a potential for harm there, um, it, of, of a spread. And my wife did everything exactly by the book, exactly by the laws. She made sure the sanitation centers she were there. She made sure job. they were cleaned every hour. She made sure everybody was social distancing. Everybody was told to wear masks. Everything was done by the book. And, uh, you had a booth there. Did you not? I actually did not have a booth. I was just there present. You were supporting it? I was supporting okay. it fully. Right. I, mean, I got in the dunk tank, but uh, I right. did not actually yes. have a booth. That's what set it was. <laughs> it was the dunk tank. Yes. So you were, but you had you had actively supported it. You actively showed up. Oh, absolutely. And um, the, the thing that stood out to me was that there was a potential for you to look bad if things went south after the 4th of July, was there not? Oh, yes, there was. And that got brought up in a town of Duncan council meeting. Mm -hmm. Why did you do it? Despite the fact that it could 
I mean, if you if you chose just to to, to back off and have nothing to do with it, then your name's not attached to that at all, regardless of which way it goes. Exactly. And that would have been an easy out. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that right now. That mm-hmm. would have been an easy out. But to me, it's not the right thing to do. I believe in doing the right things for the right reasons. I made it clear. Um, that's my motto. Does that mean I'm always perfect? No, I'm not. But um, I, I definitely try to live by that motto. And so <clears throat> to me, it wasn't right to sit back and allow your wife. And I just want to say thank you, actually. Thank you for your wife and pass that on. Or hopefully she hears this. Thank you very much for, for all the effort you did. I'm sorry that you had any ridicule over this. But it would have been easy to step back and say, you know what, this is an event that doesn't have to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could have just sat back and watched it unfold and see how it all kind of came out in the wash. Um, but I chose not to because to me, we're talking a lot already, Jared, about our freedoms, about our independence, about our constitutional rights that people have. And to me, that's important. The 4th of July is extremely important mm-hmm. and uh, because that, that is our nation. And, and you know, I thank you, too, because I know you, you served uh, for those freedoms. And you served our country. So thank you and it's thank everyone pleasure. who has saved, <clears throat> served in our country and have lost their lives for that. And that's actually what I told the town council that day. You know, for many years, Duncan has struggled with their 4th of July and uh, not having the support, not having volunteers they need. And this particular COVID experience, really, it either brought out the very best in people mm-hmm. or the very worst in people, it mm-hmm. seems like. Okay, so speaking about your horse, uh, my son, who's now in kindergarten, he's my oldest, he's uh, super excited, comes home from school one day and tells me, Dad, I saw the sheriff and he had his horse. <laughs> and he thought it was just the coolest thing in the world. Um, so I know that you are uh, – you have been in the schools. I've seen you around school myself. I've seen your deputies around school several times just this year alone. And uh, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about uh, what, what your plan is for positive interactions in the community as opposed to just showing up when people have done wrong. Uh, there's been writing on the wall for a long time about some negativity with law enforcement in our country as a whole mm-hmm. uh, with law enforcement and cops are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's been some justifiable reasons across the nation, one or two actors in certain spots that, and of course, been caught on camera and been seen. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's bad actors sometimes. But ultimately, with the schools, that was one of my main goals. My two big goals as a sheriff was the schools and um, going after the drugs. With the schools, I wanted positive interactions, Jared, so that we could uh, make sure that we're fostering that relationship with the next generation. I believe that is so crucial and vital, <clears throat> especially with what I just mentioned about across the nation. The, the writing has been on the wall for a while. There's been, it's been slow progression of seeing this coming. And uh, back when I was an SRO uh, numerous years ago for 18 months uh, in the, in the Greenlee County here, I would try to set up events <clears throat> and try to get the sheriff and other deputies to come in. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, there's almost like the stigma with uh, SROs that that's that's your job you're mm-hmm. the school cop mm-hmm. you're it's not like not a real, a real cop. officer yeah not a real cop no, that, that's your job over here you're just the sro that's your deal to handle the school it's not our deal and uh i know that always it kind of troubled me because I, I thought that why would we not as police officers want to have good positive interactions with these kids that as they grow up hopefully that they, you know we can help deter them from some things but kids are kids they're going to make bad decisions at times you know we all, all have done that uh, i'm not perfect either everybody makes bad decisions at times but you try to deter that as much as you can and if if they do make those bad decisions yeah now you're there to help hold them accountable and then try to uh, get them back on the right track in the schools where i've seen my concept when i came in it wasn't easy at first <clears throat> but the first six months um I made everyone, all the deputies, um, sergeants, investigator, lieutenant, chief deputy, um, would all have to go into the schools. It was a minimum requirement of two times a week they'd have to stop into a school 
um, to to walk the hallways or to stop at recess. Or, so I've heard I've heard even deputies playing basketball with some of the students. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That's awesome. I've and actually dodgeball as well. Dodgeball. Uh, so for some reason they like dodgeball. The kids yeah. like dodgeball. They throw the dodge, you know, throw the balls at the uh, the deputies. It's pretty fun. <laughs> but um, I just hopefully I don't hurt my deputies. But anyways, right, right. <laughs> but no, we've played all sorts of things. We've done a lot of events. You know, we set up things for volleyball before. Um, we did track in Renzi. We we try to set things up to have positive interactions. That's a big part of what it is: is having positive interactions with our next generation and showing them that we are good guys. We're there to help. Um, we're not bad guys. We're not just always out there after people and stuff like right, that. You know. Right. And I think it's a there's a there's actually a lot of different pieces of this. Um, another big piece is showing stability um, for for police officers as well. I, I would like to see this explode and go viral across our entire nation where large agencies from LAPD to New York PD to, you know, uh, uh, Florida, all over the place that sheriff's offices and police departments everywhere would have this concept of having all their normal beat officers and those on patrol, just stopping in the schools, going by the schools, not just having a one dedicated SRO to do that job. Um, what I saw <clears throat> from experience is I saw that that one SRO eventually becomes to be more so like uh, a school figure mm -hmm. eventually mm -hmm. because the kids in their eyes after a while they start seeing him it's like seeing that teacher um, over in walmart that they're like, wait a minute what are you doing in walmart you're supposed to be in the classroom right you know? right like you say no you have a life out here but eventually they start seeing that sro as being more of a school type figure and so at 10 o'clock at night when a domestic violence offense happens at home and parents are drunk and they're fighting and the kids are right there involved in it and trying to stop them and neighbors are calling the police and then all of a sudden we show up or police show up somewhere. As soon as the deputies show up, those kids are just as scared. They're just as apprehensive. And when an arrest is made and dad goes to jail, now the kids say, you know, they're still thinking, well, the cops are the bad guys here right. because they don't really associate that SRO all the way back to, oh, all the police are like that SRO and they're all you know, my friend. And so it, and I'm not a psychologist. I don't claim to be, I've said this many times to people. I'm just a dumb cop, but I, I've seen these examples. And I've seen it firsthand as a sheriff, Jared, I'll tell you, I've been on several calls as a sheriff late at night at houses where a, a kid pointed out, they all know Sheriff Tim, every kid in the county knows Sheriff Tim, but they pointed out and said, Hey, I saw you at my school today. Or, Oh, we played basketball. Like you just said, mm -hmm. and they're pointing to one of the deputies. I'll tell you that thrills, thrills me. And it gives me joy to hear that when these kids actually see that and recognize these officers that are showing up or there was an accident that we were at and the kids were scared and, and mom was a little frantic. And, and they actually, again, they knew Sheriff Tim, but they actually pointed it, pointed to one of the deputies and mentioned that, you know, I saw you at my school. And so that's comforting. That right, I'm sure to see a friendly face in a time of, I think so panic like that. That's and, good. and that's why I think it's so vital, Jared, and so important to have all, all your police officers in a community, no matter where that community is, whether it's here in Greenlee County or it's in you know, LA, where it's in Phoenix, no matter where it's at, to have police officers on a regular basis stopping by where they really truly start to see police officers as a whole are good guys and, and we're there to help them and we're there to be their friends instead of just that one SRO that works in that school. Um, uh, the other big issue that I have uh, with S SROs, and, and I may, may, might have sounded a little bit bad saying issues with SROs. I don't have issues with SROs. I think SROs can be a vital um, a tool in schools and be very valuable for education and things. Mm -hmm. But in this county, we're so spread out, as you know, and everybody knows here, uh, Duncan and Marinci, the distance there, 35, 40 miles between these schools. Mm -hmm. If um, a, a SRO is at Duncan Schools and all of a sudden an active shooter walks into Marinci, that SRO is not going to be able to stop that threat. It's still going to be 
putting out the call and everyone responding right and vice versa and so the whole concept of saying an sro is going to help uh, stop these types of events from happening these massive shootings at schools from happening isn't so you can look at the fbi records of that and look at the last 20 years worth of history right. and the cases that have actually happened and cases that did have sros there and because of an sro being at a school that did not stop right. that from happening right and uh at this point, I just feel like uh, the, the concept we have is working well. I've had so much awesome feedback across our entire county, all the way up to the blue, where I go once a month to their school, all the way across the entire county. I've heard more, and you probably have too, and yep. I'm sure the community listening has probably heard more from your students, your, your kids, your grandkids, from other people about our presence in the schools, the Sheriff Tim in the schools, and the horse in the schools, and the <laughs> activities we do, and the events we do in the schools, and the trainings we do, and everything else. And so... Um, it hasn't been by accident. It's been by design to make sure that we're intentionally having positive interactions with our next generation. And I want to see that, Jared, for the long haul. I'm, yeah. I'm planning on being a long-term sheriff, and I want to see this all the way through to see a process from kids that started off as me being the sheriff when they were in kindergarten or, or Head Start and those types of things, to see them all the way through their day of graduation. And so that's why my goal, my minimum goal was three terms for 12 years. So mm -hmm. I can see that process of the students. That's why I came to the 12-year commitment in my mind of doing this. And I'm, I'm a long-term Excellent. person here in Greenland County. Jared, I, I built my home here, established my family here. I'm committed to this community and that's where I want to be. So, well, my younger son who, um, also he wants to be a police officer. So I think positive interactions are working. Um, he, he was so excited to just get the sticker from Sheriff Tim. He knows who Sheriff Tim is. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, that to me was just impressive that he knows as a, as, as a four, three-year-old, he's a three-year-old. He knows who the sheriff is. He knows that the sheriff's a good person and, you know, or the deputies are good people. Yes, you know? yeah. So that's important was, to me. I'm glad you mentioned that. And just one quick note, there's a guy speaking to in New York or Sheldon recently um, in his 90s. And he, he's lived here his whole life. And he said, Tim, I've been through a lot of sheriffs in this county. He says, I honestly cannot think of one sheriff other than you that every single kid in this county knows yeah. by name. And they know him by face because they see you at the school. And the hat. The hat's and the hat. It's kind of a giveaway. But uh, they said they know who you are. As the sheriff, he says, I have never seen what you have done and accomplished in just these few years um, of the turnaround that kids in this community know and respect and like police. And one quick thing you just said that he wants to be a police officer. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Um but uh, the Head Start, years ago, they never had anybody saying they wanted to be police officers. Firemen are usually one. Yep. Firemen yep. are heroes, yep. right? Everybody knows yep. that. And I love firemen, too. Uh, firemen are heroes, right? But no one wanted to be police, usually. After my first year in office, we had a lot of impact in Head Start. That year, they had their little graduation ceremony. You know, it's so, so cute to watch all these little kids up there walking along and getting their, their diplomas oh, and things and Head Start, three- and four-year-olds. Anyways, they, they put the slideshow up on the wall. And on the wall, it said, you know, what they wanted to be, right? In that particular year, no, I don't wanna. all of them were saying police, sheriff. Oh, there awesome. were several kids saying sheriff. One actually awesome. says he – there was, uh, I think, three of them actually that said they were going to be, be the sheriff. Oh. Um, other ones said they wanted to be police officers. Uh, it was it was over half the class, and it was a shocker even to the head They said, wow, you know, you definitely have, I guess, made an impact yeah. in here because yeah, sure. uh, we see all these kids wanting to be police officers now. And I think So a personal question. Uh, there was a house that went up for sale here in, in the county. And uh, I, I had my my eye on it. My wife had her eye on it. We were uh -oh. playing. We had all these grand plans for uh, buying it up, fixing it up. It's a definitely fixer-upper. And, uh, and renting it out. And uh, we made an offer on it. I feel it. like I'm getting set up or something. I, you are. You're definitely getting set up. 
uh, we made an offer on it and uh, we didn't hear anything back. And I called the guy and he said, oh, yeah, sure. If Tim bought it. So I guess my question is, uh, why'd you buy my house? <laughs> Sorry about that. First of all, yeah, that's great. Getting put on uh, on the spot and on blast here with everybody listening. So, uh, no, my wife and I, <clears throat> no, seriously, uh, my wife and I have talked for quite a few years about wanting to try to make some improvements here in the Duncan area. There's a lot of blight going on. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Honestly, a lot of other people, I know the other sheriff candidates right now, they have other endeavors too. People have different um, things that they get involved with uh, as far as business adventures and things like mm-hmm. that, you know. And mm-hmm. so it's something we thought about about a way for in the future looking at um, maybe picking up a few rentals and uh, fixing up the place, making the town look a little bit nicer and also being able to, you know, have a better retirement in the future for our, for our family and for my wife and I, even though I have retirement. But just, you know, just kind of general wanting to do that and, and talking about it. And for me personally, um, I'm a builder. I like to build. I don't know if you know this also, but we'll talk personal stuff, but I like to, I built my own house out there. When I moved down here in 2008, that house out there, um, Franklin road, I built it all with my own hands. I did did everything uh, all the way through the finishing work, HVAC, electrical, I did it, did it all. And so, um, I like to do that. And for me, honestly, um, it's, it's kind of an, an out in this job. There's a lot of stressors and that's also going back to the school thing real quick. That's another reason I like to push this on police officers and believe that they should be in the schools is because <clears throat> it really gives you a, a, a highlight of your day. And it gives yeah. you positive interactions, not just for, for the kids, but for the police officers to have positive interactions and help help uh, with their mental well-being. Because there's a lot of um, suicide and depression in law enforcement in this country. And I know I'm a little bit off topic there, but to me, those are big issues. Yes. And so going back to the house, because that was a question, and I'm not trying to divert and get out of trouble here. <laughs> but uh, going back to the house... To me, building is kind of my out. Yeah. And that's what I do. I like building. I like seeing a finished product that I built something or I renovated something and made it better. And um, because in my job, oftentimes you don't get to see those types of things as much. It's unfortunate, but honestly, we deal with about usually five to 10% of the population. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we deal with those same percentage people over and over and over, the ones that are constantly that we're dealing with. And we don't get to see so many of the, the good. <laughs> I'm not saying good and bad, but the good people in our society, right. the good people, the good citizens. We a lot, not a lot of positive the, interactions during yeah. your day, and, more, and more negative. Even the good ones we see, it's more negative. But the, even the good people that we see, usually it's because they're a victim of a crime. Right. And so it's still not really that great of positive interaction you know, right. because they're a victim of a crime. We're dealing with them in that way. So you're right. And so it, it can become very negative in law enforcement. And and especially right now with all the stuff going on in our country, we said, and the volatility. And, mm-hmm. and there's a drop in uh, police officers or people wanting to become police officers and applications. Um it's just not as desirable anymore. And and you see suicides have, have in, increased. <clears throat> and um, to me, it's a, a sad thing seeing that uh, law enforcement or military uh, for the yeah. same thing who are, who are working so hard to defend freedoms and defend other people. And they put other people above themselves. And yet they have these inner struggles sometimes that they can't <clears throat> handle, you know. And um, so for me, honestly, that's an out. That That's kind of my... I would say stress relief is getting to build something. And yeah, it sounds funny saying stress relief because you're out there working okay. hard and holding right. things and cutting and and, 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 and cursing at the, the thing that didn't fit right. <laughs> after you, yeah. And trying to do it three or four times yep. to get it to fit right and yep. whatever. But, uh, but to me, that's rewarding mm-hmm. to see a finished product and to see something you create. And other guys do other things. I know some of the other candidates here, you know, some do other things, I, th- I believe, you know, as far as working on vehicles or other stuff. I mean, people do different, some are into music, you know, playing guitar, right. doing other things, whatever it may be. Everybody needs to have and should have somehow to have those stress relievers in their life. Not just law enforcement, but everybody in general. And, you know, and right now, kids in our schools, you know, playing athletics or yeah. being involved yeah. in cheer or, 
you know, or band or whatever it is, you know, everybody needs to have that, <clears throat> that thing. And um, for me, it's what it's been. It has, I like to build and I've been building my house, built my garage and I, I just build. And so anyways, uh, my wife and I really wanted to uh, be able to improve our community. Number one, because this is a community we've invested in, we're living right. in, we're, we're committed to, and we're here for the long term. And so we want to see it improve in general. I'm glad to see other people are buying houses as well. I'm actually glad to see that you're interested in that too, honestly. Yeah. I want to I'm, fix up the community too. That's, that's good. I feel that's, a, that's a very important issue for me right now. And my wife and I have, have our own company actually, and we, we've created an LLC. It's tiny, but uh, that's we want to do the same thing. seems like you're planting roots in this area. Um, that's a risky thing to do, it seems, with uh, – being in an elected position, <laughs> it is. Um, so I just want to ask you what what will you do if you're not elected as sheriff this time? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> that mm -hmm. sounds great. Now, if somebody talks about they have all these plans mm -hmm. and talking about twelve year plans, and mm -hmm. and I talk a lot about planning, about being uh, purposeful, about having structure and uh, being strategic on things, and yet um, I have no idea. So that's the answer. I don't know. Last time. I resigned my position uh, from the sheriff's office as a sergeant mm -hmm. and I stepped out in faith and I just, um, I went at the campaign hundred percent full-time mm -hmm. effort. And people asked me a lot back then because uh, I was, didn't have a job and my right. wife was a stay at home mom as well. So she's not, she uh, didn't uh, work either at that point. So we didn't have a job at all. And we had to pick up our own insurance and pay for our own insurance during that time that I was unemployed and I was just working at, on the campaign. People asked me a lot back then, more so than now. And uh, my answer every time was the same thing. I don't know. I have no plan B. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was no plan B. Right now it's not a plan B. Um, the plan B isn't, oh, I'm buying these houses to do to fall back on. Right. No, it's not my plan B. Right. I don't have retirement. The other three candidates right now that are uh, running against me, they've all, they're actually drawing retirement right now from their state retirement. Um, they've all actually officially retired and drawing to retirement. I have not um, done that, and I don't have that as a, a backup mm -hmm. plan. Um, as of right now, I don't know. <clears throat> and it is tough because I only have a job for four years mm -hmm. you know, at, at a time. And so mm -hmm. saying that I'm going to you know, establish my roots, my roots were established here before. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Flagstaff. I chose to move here. My wife and I chose to move here and, uh, and build our house. We always had a long-term goal of wanting to build our own home. Right. And we did. We moved down here, got the land, we built our own home. And that's where we, we plan on staying here, plan on retiring here, plan on living here um, for the rest of our lives. So, you know, that, that was the plan. I don't plan. think you could have picked a better place, so, honestly. I, I mean, this, this is a good spot. <laughs> I agree. I hope you plan on being here for just as long. I did the same thing. Okay. I, I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. You know. <laughs> I hope you're planning on being here just as long because you guys are a valuable asset in the community, and there's a lot of people that I, I hope. I think it's a good community. I really do. Uh, I think it's a great community to raise a family and <clears throat> and, and live at. And, um, like I said, it, I, we chose to to make this place our home, and, mm -hmm. and it's going to be our home. And so um, that's Pretty much my answer is I don't know. Excellent. And so if the answer is no and the citizens decide I haven't done a good job and they decide to move on and select somebody else, then uh, I guess November 4th when I find out the full official answer or whenever that day comes when they're done canvassing, then uh, uh, plan B would have to be uh, my wife and I sit down and pray about things and yeah. see what's going to happen. Because at this point, that's how we've always done things. And uh, my my definite hope, and I feel very confident and feel very good that I'll continue on as sheriff. I, I get a lot of great response and feedback across the county. And um that's that's my plan right now is being the sheriff for another four years and continuing to maintain this uh, consistency in the schools in our next generation and the consistency of keeping the drugs out of our community and slowed down. So um, that's what I'm hoping for. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Sheriff Tim. I, I really appreciate you coming in and, and talking with me and and uh, getting your getting the information out to the citizens. I feel is important, especially the things that they care about the most. 
Um, so thanks again for sacrificing and coming in here. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you for allowing it. And I just want to say one last thing, if I can, oh, ahead, if I may. <clears throat> and that is, you, you mentioned that the citizens want those questions answered. Mm -hmm. um, if there are questions that are out there that have not been asked and somebody has a very specific question for me that they want to ask, I'm available. My phone number, put it out all over, all over the place. It's 928-322-8545. I'm <clears throat> also, my website is www.timsumnerforsheriff.com. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to put that out there at the end that <clears throat> maybe there's somebody listening that really has a specific question they want to ask me. I am more than willing to sit down with somebody and answer any questions. I'm not going to shy away from the difficult questions and um, I'll, I'll speak up and about anything else that may come up. So I just wanted to throw that out there at the end. So awesome. thank you for your awesome. time. Hey, uh, I'll link that website in your, in the, on the actual uh, okay. podcast Great. and uh, good luck in the election. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I wanna take a change.